Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Interviews. My name's Sam Davis. This is Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. And we hope you enjoyed the last one. It was Harry Redknapp's pre-dinner chat. So he went off for dinner and then he came back. This podcast is the post-dinner chat. Did he have jam, roly-poly? Well, we'll find out. But it was absolutely humbling to be joined by footballing royalty. That pause for dinner gave him chance to complete the tale of his footballing journey with special attention to AFCB and there was even a question submitted by Cherry's wing wizard himself, Mark Pugh. Harry Redknapp's surprise at getting a question from him, well, it's clearly audible. So, we discussed player and boss at AFCB, managing Jamie, being gaffer at West Ham, Saints, Spurs and QPR, winning the cup with Pompey, any regrets on England? the I'm a Celebrity Jungle Experience, and also Sandbanks and Beyond, plus a mention for his Harry Hero series, where the England stars of yesteryear travelled to Germany. This show is supported by Living Home Tech. We'll give more information about them at the end of the show. But for now, it's myself, Neil Dawson and Jeff Hayward, and we've got 25 minutes of chat. Well, Harry munches on his tea and then he returns. Well, I'll tell you what, what stories. Absolutely, what stories. He is coming back after his dinner. And Jeff, I, I know you may need to go to like, arrange uh, this. This, uh, this could be a two hour thing. I, I don't know. But um, Neil, I was about to say to you, um, how did he not? realise how intense that rivalry was between Southampton and Portsmouth? I suppose uh, if you didn't grow up around here, you might not know the history because it was to do with dockyard strikes, wasn't it? And yeah. uh, breaking of dockyard strikes. So the, in terms of a regional history, it's quite strong. But I guess if you, if you, if you brought up in London, you might not, you, might not under, you, you might not understand it or even know that it exists. Mm, yeah, very true. I'm loving all these comments that are coming through at the moment. Uh, people are saying, this is epic. Um, uh, Ben's off to the office. He's back in a bit. Paul's getting a beer. Uh, what a legend. Uh, we've got so many comments coming through. Um, and I'm running out of beers as well at the moment. Um, so his time at Spurs, um, we have sort of only touched on it, really. And, you know, we may go back to it, Jeff. But, uh, you know, to me... 
it felt like, you know, the expectation there is to be a top four club. Well, that's right. You know, Spurs are, are perennial underachievers, aren't they, of, of actually winning the league, what was it, since the 60s, they haven't won it, have they? So, yeah. you know, uh, but they're, they're that sort of scale of club that they wanted success. I think Daniel Levy's renowned for uh, for being a chairman who, who, who wants that sort of success for the fans, the fans expect it, but... Um, but they always seem to be sort of second or third behind Arsenal or, or Man U or, or Chelsea recently. So, uh, yeah, and Man City, of course. But but I, I always thought Harry was was a great manager for them and, and brought in some fantastic players. They were a great side to watch. They played a great brand of football. And to me, the, the Spurs sort of journey, I mean, he, he didn't he have... Uh, God, forgotten his name. The Croatian guy who plays now for Barcelona or Madrid. What's his name? Luka Modric. Luka Modric. Luka Modric. Yeah. So, right, you know, Luka Modric there. What, Gareth Bale was there when Harry was there. You know, what a fantastic mm. side they had. Um, but it always felt to me he was he was inevitably going to be England manager, but never actually got the job. Yeah, now I, I'm, not too, I'm not too sure what he's eating tonight. Uh, so if he is going to be back in 15 minutes, the next question I wanted to ask him, um, I don't know about you, Neil, was the the potential England manager. Now, a lot of things were happening off the pitch towards the end of his tenure for Spurs, wasn't it? And, you know, I wonder if it was a bit of a distraction for him. But then Fabio Capello got let go and I really wanted him to become like England manager. But all of a sudden, in the flash of an eye, Roy Hodgson came out of nowhere. How did you feel after that, Neil? Well, I think we all wanted him to be England manager. I think even if he hadn't managed a club, uh, supported a club that he had uh, managed, I think you still wanted to become England manager. I think he'll be like Brian Clough um, for slightly older fans. There's a list of managers that you always hope that would manage the national team because of the way they play football, uh, because of the just the joy they bring to the game, as opposed to just functionally trying to win every game. And certainly it would have been great to have seen a Harry Redknapp England team. Because you know that yeah, what whatever would have happened, they'd have gone out and played brilliant football. Yeah. Sorry, I've just I've just come to the staggering realization that I'm sat here like, on my laptop drinking a few beers. Harry Redknapp's gone off to have some dinner, and then he's going to come back in 15 minutes and talk some more with us. I really hope he does because some of the stories um, have been superb. But you know, throughout his career, Jeff, he's all he's always had an involvement with AFC Bournemouth, hadn't he? Always. Oh. Always, and and I think that you can you can tell from talking to him the deep the deep love that he's got for the club. I mean, it gave him gave him some great breaks. He obviously had great relationships with a lot of the chairman as well, and and roots down here, you know, living in Sandbanks, loving the area. It's a lot of you know a lot of people do. So it, he's he's looked after us even when he hasn't uh, been around, and I think for that we're eternally grateful. You know, Matty Holland wouldn't be wouldn't have been a player for us. Steve Jones wouldn't have come here and saved our season back in the mid-90s. Jermaine Defoe, mm. Rio Ferdinand, you know, some amazing players. And then he also uh, bought players from us when we needed the money as well. I remember Scott Mean going to him for a, mm. a decent sum and he was a very talented player. Matty Holmes left for, for, for West Ham as well. So, you know, he's been a great benefactor. So the big question is, Neil, how many questions had you written down that you haven't had a chance to answer tonight? <laughs> This piece of paper, it's gone. 
I think uh, I think I've seen I've seen Harry do after dinner speaking, and I think the um, I think basically you need two questions, don't you? One to start, one to start him off, and one halfway through to get him to change tack. Yeah. But the uh, but the uh, is I mean his book's brilliant as well. If you read his uh, his autobiography, it's uh, I think he's got a couple of books that he's he's that are out. That he's just uh, I mean the game is an entertainment industry; it needs stories, and uh, Harry Redknapp is just a master storyteller, and he's always been involved in things that create stories so it's great just great to have him on the show isn't it yeah no really so what's your favorite anecdote jeff from what you've heard so far oh well <laughs> i'm still getting over the could have signed you in right for bournemouth I mean, my, <laughs> god. my god it's yeah. just the way he tells them isn't it it's it's absolutely it just the way to and i want to you know know of his own personal disappointment because obviously prepping for this interview um, you get to see a lot of other YouTube stuff and I've uh, been listening to interviews and um, he was, you know, 10 to one on, you know, for that England job. And he, he said it, it was a hard time for him because he had to sort of deal with the sort of mental stress of, you know, being let go effectively by Spurs. I think there may have been sort of contract negotiations that went wrong, but with that as well, which he thought, yeah, I'm assuring for this job to not happen. I wonder on the mental health side, how much that affects him as well, you know, given the trauma that he went through off the pitch for the previous, you know, I don't know how many months it was. Mm. I think his career deserved to go out on a, on a high. And that's probably the slightly sad thing is that, is that he, he went then through a few jobs like the Birmingham city job, um, which I don't think he ever, it didn't seem like his heart was ever really in. And, Having had such an illustrious career, it deserved to end with a European Championships for England or Spurs getting to into Europe. Um, it's, it, 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 yeah, I think it would have been the, the perfect flourish. So you're right, Sam. I think it, it must, in his head, dwell a little bit as to as to, as to that. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. So. Um... Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting as as well. Hopefully, we can chat. And, and I'm displaying this uh, this message at the bottom for anyone that comes along and perhaps doesn't know that we've had him on tonight. Just, it's, just this could be the longest, it's going to be the longest half hour of all of our lives if it's no, uh, if that's it's, right. If it's, a three, um, if it's a three course meal. Yeah, well, we'll give it. We'll give it sort of I don't know seven minutes or so, and you might need to get on the phone to him, Jeff. But uh, you know, after Spurs, obviously, it, it um, his you know footballing career went on um of course you know qpr etc but then outside of football he's all he's he seems to be loved you know, by the media like itv have got shows for him he's doing this thing with jamie redknapp at the moment and of course of course king of the jungle as well yeah i mean what an all-round entertainer and <laughs> to think he started his career at Bournemouth is fantastic <laughs> and you know what i was about to say that i mean in terms i don't know what uh you know, BPC Council's marketing budget is. However, they must have saved a fortune with that Sandbox documentary because, oh, the, you know, the way he's portrayed uh, the local area, Corfe, Bournemouth, Sandbox, Pool, Christchurch, etc. I mean, with the millions of viewers of that programme got, um, they must have been rubbing their hands together after that, eh? Yeah, he's the greatest, he's the greatest PR man that we've ever had for the, for the town by a long way. Yeah. Uh, so, fantastic. um... If you've just 
tuned in tonight. Thank you so much uh, for being here. This is a bizarre evening. Um, however, if you want to contribute to the podcast, um, it's all free, but this is just completely optional. Um, you can buy us a coffee if you want. Um, go to afcbpodcast.com slash coffee and it's just like a few dollars or whatever. It's the price of a coffee um, and that will go directly to helping fund the, uh, the podcast because we pay for hosting um, of both StreamYard, which is what this is going through, and also uh, Podiant, which is our podcast partner. Every so often when I'm doing interviews after the game as well, I need to buy a new uh, mic and all that kind of stuff. Um, so if you want to support the podcast, yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Go to afcbpodcast.com slash coffee. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, do feel free to give it a like and a subscribe as well. Uh, Neil is back. Um, do you need a drinks break as well, Neil? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I just had to pop and use the little boy's room. Oh, good, good man, etc. So, speaking of lockdown and everything, everything's sort of eased slowly but surely. How, how have you been finding it, Jeff? Uh, it feels like um, things are, are going to be getting back to normal. I see the Premier League's um, earmarked in uh, June the 12th as the, the date for the first fixtures. Um, although I did see Steve Bruce uh, talking today about the players needing more time for training. Mm. Um so hopefully we get Newcastle, don't we, quite early on. So if they're unfit, that would be, be a great fixture for us, won't it? Mm. It's, fasc um, it's fascinating that all the, all the teams that are finding reasons it, it fascinate me. So you've got Newcastle, who could still go down, saying they need more time. You've got uh, Brighton's chairman dead against Glenn Murray coming out. You've got Troy Deeney coming out saying that it's dangerous for the players to play. It's like all... All of that lot that are sat just above the bottom three seem to be finding drastic reasons for why this, why it shouldn't go on, shouldn't it? It's very vested interest. Yeah, it feels yeah. like uh, we're not saying too much, Sam, are we, at the moment, either? Yeah, I've noticed that. Obviously, you know, teams like Watford, the chairman's come out and said uh, that, you know, they have got a vested interest. And I think that's fair enough because they've got staff to pay and they've got um, forward planning to do. Um, but obviously, for a lot of Liverpool fans on Twitter, etc., you're kind of seeing... It from their point of view and their point of view is that you know like we want to live, uh, win the league it seems the season is going to be finished one way or another if it is played fair enough um the only one you know on a previous video with craig beasley on the youtube channel if you go to youtube.com slash afcb podcast you can go back and watch it about like ending the premier league season and even behind closed doors it's you know it's not going to be great who caught up with the bundesliga yesterday no, I did see it's it. I thought it's not a spectacle when you haven't got fans there. That's what I think. You know, and it's it, it's just watching games behind closed doors. I don't think has, has the same magic, even as a TV spectacle. It was like a training drill, and it is really weird. They're obviously doing things for show. When I chatted to Chris Temple um, on the podcast on the YouTube channel, I saw him outside Dean Court, and I said it's it's a bit weird because. You've got this no handshake policy when we played Liverpool, but obviously it's a contact sport, you're shaking hands at the end. It's certain elements are for show. And you've got players that sat on the bench two metres apart, yet as soon as they're brought on the pitch, they're, you know, they're, well, they're touching each other. So there are a lot of things that are for show, and it does seem a, a little bit strange. Um, I, I mean, but if it does come back, whether it's going to be at neutral venues, um, I'm not too sure. There were a number of things that I had in my mind when looking forward to future matches, like I was thinking, right, uh, when we play Wolves, 
they've got European competition to deal with. So they're probably going to play a weak inside against us. Maybe we can get a result against them. But obviously, none of that's going to happen now. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes, isn't it, Neil? It is. Um, and I think I think winning the first couple of games is quite crucial for anyone because there's every chance that we'll start and we won't finish. And I think whatever rules they put in place, there will be relegation you can, without a shadow of a doubt. So whatever rules they put in place, they will still stand if you get two games in and then we have to finish it. So I think... The, the important thing is getting off and running with those first two games because if even if you got if we beat Palace and get out the bottom three and then it all ends that will be enough. Mm. Yeah, I think you know like when it is resumed, I think I think we'll be all right. You know, I actually do think we will be. I mean, Steve Cook hopefully will be back. Um, you know, David Brooks is going to be back. I mean, I don't think he's going to hit the ground running so to speak, but it will be great to you know have him back and cr- and provide that creative edge because I felt as though. Um, you know, creativity is is not been as high as previous seasons, has it, Jeff? Yeah, I think that's that's been an issue. The injuries have definitely been an issue all through the season. But uh, when we come back, I mean, do you remember Phil Billing had that terrible injury at the end of that Liverpool game as well? So he'll be fit. Mm. Uh, Steve Cook will be fit. Brooks will be available. Mm. And I think that will just give our players a lot more confidence that, you know, we've got our A team out there. Um, the games we've got... I still believe that Crystal Palace at home is winnable, Newcastle at home is winnable. Um, I think we can get points off Southampton at home as well. Mm. Uh, and if we get three wins, that's that's going to be good. And, and, you know, we've we've got the confidence of that Liverpool performance where actually, with a bit more luck with the injuries, we could have got a point there. Well, who's that's crazy Oh, yeah, you know, and who's to, who's to say who's to say that we can't go to Old Trafford and get a result or Everton and get a result? I, I think we can. We've got nothing to be frightened of. Mm. So I, I don't know how long it's been, Neil. Did you want to perhaps give them? You know, I know we don't want to be pressuring them to. I just te- I just texted him to say, hope you can come back and join us. So I haven't had a reply yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll leave it for what we'll we'll do ninety minutes and. Hopefully, he'll be coming back soon. Uh, so even for this interview, we had input from Mark Pugh as well, um, who, you know, friend of the show now. Can we call him that? I, I, I absolutely love his, um, you know, foodie footballer like, Instagram account. And he's asked whether he's, uh, you know, dabbled in any cooking to pass the time during lockdown. But judging by one of his previous Instagrams, um, where he, he came in with like Rick Stein bags, like takeaway. I don't, you know, I don't think he has. Um, so really interested to ask him about the jam roly poly as well. I've only been at Rick Stein's twice in my uh, in my life since it's opened, and both times he was in there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, really uh, interesting. so, so yeah. So I think uh, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't imagine he's done an awful lot of cooking. But. No, that's right. And also, did you see the recent um, thing that hopefully we can chat to him about on the, the Peter Crouch podcast about the fact that you know, when we come out of lockdown, I would like to buy a football club. Yeah, I wonder who that would be. Pool Town, maybe. Who don't? Who knows? You know. I've always been interested in his role in various football clubs because he's he's often been a um, advisor, like he's been in a consultant or an advisory role, um, and he was at, at Bournemouth, I think, for you know for a little bit um, in between jobs. Uh, I think it was in two thousand and twelve, maybe. I think um, so. You know, I'd love to know what that actually sort of involves because. Uh, yeah, he'll always be there or thereabouts. 
that was a strange time, wasn't it? Because that was, uh, I thought everyone felt very uncomfortable about it. I thought Paul Groves was uncomfortable about it. I think Harry yeah. was uncomfortable about it because he kept insisting that he wasn't, uh, he wasn't involved in any way, shape or form other than advisor. The fans were singing his name. I think it was away at Yeovil, wasn't it? It was the one game. We won as well, which mm. which made it look like him coming back had created that. And he kept saying, no, it was nothing to do with me. The whole It was an odd time, Jeff, wasn't it? it, it none of it seemed to ring quite yeah. true. Yeah, the, the, I mean, we've we've been through a lot of uh, uh, funny times where lots of people have been talked up to coming back into the club or investing into the club. And Harry's obviously been one of those people over the years as well. I think, didn't Trevor mention the other day that he loaned us some money uh, when things were really desperate as well back in the... Yeah, that's right. That, yeah, that's right. And, I mean, we've got the comments coming through on YouTube that are asking... Uh, to Obviously, we're trying to focus on AFCB, but also, you know his career as a whole this isn't like this is your life by any stretch of the imagination but you know it is good to cover like all the other stuff as well um so hopefully you know we can certainly ask him about that um this is a bit this reminds me of like var neil and i know you absolutely detest var but like, we're all like, we're all here waiting there's like 100, 153 people here just thinking what's gonna happen is he gonna come back or it reminds me of uh, do you remember when you were a kid and the itv news used to go down and they used to have to they used to have to talk through and uh, this was in the days before rolling news when people became very adept at talking through. And uh, so you, you would have these strange sort of like banal conversations going on. They were waiting for the VT footage to come back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to look at some of the YouTube comments. So let's, let's have a look through these. Johnny, um, yeah, the, as you said, you know, try and we will ask him about um, the current Premier League state. So if we don't get him to, I mean, we think we will. Jeff may go off to make a telephone call in a minute. Yeah. We want to focus on um, his, uh, you know, chances. Um, uh, Paul Kenwood said, uh, "Nice shorts, Neil." Because I think when you went went away, he got a brief glimpse. I've got to say, <laughs> I'm wearing shorts as well. Beautiful. Um, and uh, Kerry, my sister who's watching, said uh, maybe he's having some, <laughs> having some jam roll. He probably as well. Maybe. So I'll, I'll give him a ring. All right, I'll see where he is. Yeah. Okay. We're going to just take Jeff out the stream um, very quickly. So Neil, um, it's just me and you um, looking at the matches that we've got for Bournemouth. If if this is going to go ahead, there are a few home matches that people are uh, looking at, thinking right, we can get three points in that match, three points in that. Um, yep. Are you looking at any away that you think, oh, you know, we could get a result there as well? I think it's going to be really different. I don't think form will count for anything. So you just don't know how teams will take it seriously, how seriously they'll take it if they've got nothing to play for. So I, I think there'll be some really strange results across the piece. You could even see Liverpool getting the league one and then deciding they don't want to risk their players too much. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, I just think you... You just can't call what would happen. But if you were to look at it under normal circumstances, I think Everton, Everton and Wolves. I think had Wolves been distracted, they would have uh, they would have offered us opportunities. And then the big the big home games were Palace, Newcastle, Southampton, and they, they were the nine points. I think if you looked at those five games, that they were the five games that I always thought with Brooks back uh, and a fully fit squad that we would get nine points and stay up uh, from those five games. Certainly. Um it's some people have been saying if it is going to be ended now we can do points per game but then there are two different methods to do it as there's the average of all the mm. or the weighted average which is the average home and the average away and that and that would be our saving grace and apparently that's you know, could be what's going to be happening in league two do you know any more about that 
No, it's not happening in League Two. So, oh, it's League, not. no. Uh, originally, uh, everyone thought it was, and then they EFL clarified it and said they had a change of mind and that it was going to be uh, straightforward points per game. So, weighted would have would have been great for us, but it, it, I think the EFL had made that decision. Um, yeah. I think I think neither's fair. So, I think they just yeah. thought, why why stick another thing in that's slightly unfair? And uh, uh, so, I, if we weren't in this position, I would kind of get that logic. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I certainly hope it doesn't happen. But um, how how are you feeling about the whole kind of relegation thing? Are you sort of like, well, you know, someone's going to be losing out here. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's us because, you know, there was one time where I thought it was the be all and end all. But when you're seeing what's going on in the news, you kind of think, well, it, like, it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh I'd be gutted because I just don't think we'll ever. I don't think we'll ever come back. That would be my worry. It's going to be really hard for for the teams that go down this year to to take the financial drop and then come back. So I think I think we. It's really imperative that we that we stay up, especially with the money that's being spent on you know training ground facilities that are supposed to be incredible for the future of the club as well. I mean, I've been over to um, the Canford Magnus Sang and had a look around and they're doing the groundworks at the moment. And it's, yeah, it has been slow, but when you look at the kind of schedule, it's, you know, in a good place. Mm. Um, and, but, but apparently that's not going to be affected. And I just, you know, sometimes I struggle to think, how, how can it not be affected? Is it not going to be scaled down or anything? But apparently not. And, you know, those kind of facilities are going to be integral to the future of the club. And it'd just be amazing to, you know, to maintain our Premier League status, you know, mm. sort of up until then. But if we did get relegated, I think certain people would stay, one of whom is Eddie. And I was saying to a few other people the other day that, you know, he will be a law, you know, a lure, a lure rather than a law to players who are thinking, well, I want to play for this guy because he's done it in the Premier League. He plays football the right way. And we could attract the right players to get straight back up again, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, will he stay? I think it's a, I, I think that's the million dollar question. I think our future depends on him staying. Uh, I, I may be wrong. I've not heard this from anywhere. I don't know anyone, but I, I I thought there were times this year where he looked like he had had enough of it. I think he it, it started to come back uh, towards the end, but I think there were yeah. there were times on TV interviews where, for the first time ever with Eddie, I just thought he it looks like he's he's suffering a little bit. I guess would be the way to say it. And um, so yeah, he's got a family. He's probably made for life. It'll be an interesting decision for him. I hope I hope beyond all hopes he stays. Yeah, um, Jeff. So, uh, yeah, Steve, just saw your message. Um, I'm not getting any message back from Harry. Uh, he's going straight to voicemail. He's probably on the jam roly-poly. Uh, we'll, give well, it a, I, we'll give it a short while, shall we? Yeah, but I tell you what, I think there's so much, so much in this interview that we'll definitely get him back for another shot if he doesn't come back tonight. So everybody just uh, bear with us. I mean, we, we will have him back. He's, he's been absolute uh, podcast gold. Yeah. I think, tonight. We'll, we'll give it another five minutes. So I, I mean, I'm supposed to be putting together a podcast that's out tomorrow morning. I might, I might have to delay it as well. Like if he comes back, I've got no chance. Um, but yeah, Jeff, how, you know, how's your feeling about everything that's going on at the moment? Well, um, I think they will. There's there's a determination to play the games, um, and I think uh, if I think that will play in our favour because I think we, like Neil just said, I think we're good enough to stay up, and we've got the players, and we've got the the fixtures. Even if we do go down, 
I was actually heartened listening to Matt Ritchie last week, who uh, went down, obviously, when he signed for Newcastle to have another championship promotion season. <laughs> I've got to say, I've been feeling a bit nostalgic for those glory days again after all the interviews mm. we've been doing. So I'm actually, you know, I'd love to stay up. But if we'd go down, I, I wouldn't mind another crack at winning the championship again. I think I think we've got a good enough squad. I think Eddie would definitely stay. Um, and I think... I think we'd we'd be up again in a couple of seasons' time, and that would be great to look forward to. So, mm, I'd like to think so. Now, uh, to everyone that's watching, there's still a load of the 155 odd people watching across YouTube and Facebook. Thanks so much. If you've got any, you know, not saying that we are some kind of panel that know much about football, but if you want to ask us any questions for the next five minutes or so, feel free to put your comments now on YouTube or Facebook, and uh, yeah, we will certainly be going through them. Um, so yeah, um, Harry Redknapp's got a show with uh, with Jamie Redknapp at the moment, and also he's doing this um, thing on ITV tomorrow, where he's on ITV taking some old school players out and playing Germany. Is that, have you seen much about that? I saw the last Harry's Heroes. I don't know if you guys did, but it was hilarious watching Neil Ruddock <laughs> trying to run again. Um, mm. Paul Merton telling lots of stories, Matt Letizia playing the, uh, the, they recreated the Germany-England 1990 World Cup semi-final and this time we won. So it's a much better viewing than the last mm. time. Uh, so question, who is the next guest? Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, we've Next week, we've got a double header because uh, as it's Bank Holiday Monday. So on the Sunday, we've got a live show at eight o'clock. And then we've got another one on the Monday and they're all faces that you'll recognize. And I think you'll really enjoy it. So subscribe to the channel. Uh, Chris Hubble, Sam, do you like cider? Or not? <laughs> I do like cider, but today I've got um, an Estrella. So we're going Spanish. Oh, um, I've got Harry on the phone. Hang on. Okay. Jeff has got Harry on the phone. So uh, I'll just uh, take him out shortly. So uh, that sounds like it's a positive thing. Neil, um, You've got um, a little bit of experience in, you know, this kind of industry, haven't you? Are you a cider fan? No, it's a short answer to it. I think it, too many memories of uh, bad nights when I was 16 or 17. I think cider is one of those drinks, isn't it, that, that um, you, you like between the age probably where you shouldn't to about 17, 18 to me. Uh, I know there's probably offending a lot of craft cider drinkers out there, but to me it's in that camp along with tequila of drinks you drink too much of at a young age and then you don't bother after that. Yeah. Um, Algarve, maybe. That's all I'm saying, right? Jan Kermigan, maybe. Um, his, English, his English isn't great, so that would be a tough show. We know. <laughs> We've had messages. So, yeah, we you know we are going to try to get him on. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we're in communication with him, so uh, fingers crossed. We could crossed. bring out our GCSE French, Sam, and uh, ask him the way to the beach. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we could yeah, ask him what job he's done. What yeah, like done, Uwe, does. Uwe La Rochelle, is that is that what it was? Uh, Neil Dawson, question from Andrew Parkin. Uh, best match reports ever. When did you decide to start writing them up and how much does that now affect the way you watch the game? Uh, still enjoy watching your matches. Oh, we've got Harry. We've Great. got Harry back. So um, we may just park that question for a bit. We'll have to do it another time. Um Let's see. I think he just needs to enable his video. Oh, he's gone off again. He's gone off again. So he needs to come back and just enable his video. So fingers crossed. So, yeah, we'll go back to that question. Your match reports on the Vitals Forum, which is, if you haven't been to it, Bournemouth fans, um, yeah, have a look at, uh, you know, just search Vitals Bournemouth Forum and uh, you'll see Neil's match reports. When did you start doing them? 
I can't remember. I think it was about 2002, 2003, yeah. but it might be earlier. But it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game. I just watch I just watch the game as per normal, and that's fine. And we've got hey. Harry back. How was your dinner, Harry? Very good, yes. We had a bit of fish. We've got a fish guy who comes down from Cornwall somewhere and he's, uh, delivers, you know, he's struggling, I think, and he comes down and delivers fish, fish around this area. It's been, it's been really good, yeah. The big question, Harry, did you have jam roly-poly for pudding? No, I haven't had one for years. I don't even know where I've dug that one up from, really. <laughs> Absolutely super. Well, honestly, you've had a lot of... Because this is going out live over YouTube and Facebook, and you've had so many people in stitches with your stories and they are absolutely loving you tonight so um thank you so much for that harry so we um we spoke about um yeah your you know your spurs career and of course you know like you got them into europe uh champions league slightly unfortunate with the second time you you know got them into the champions league but chelsea won it that year but tell us about your experience as spurs well, that was, I mean, as I say, I went there when they were, they, I got the job because they were, they were obviously, they had a terrible start to the season. One day, Ramos uh, was the manager. And so I took over a good team. Listen, you know, people say, oh, you kept us up and that. But listen, my wife could have kept them up. I mean, it was like, you know, I took over a team really that for whatever reason was stuck at the bottom of the league. Only had two points after eight matches. It was Modric and Bow and all these fantastic players there. So, it wasn't very difficult to keep them up, that's for sure. And um, I think we finished seventh in the end that year um, mm. after that bad start. And then obviously the following year, we, um, we, we, we finished fourth. We won at Man City last game, last one game of the season to, uh, to qualify for the, uh, for the Champions League. And, um, and then the, the following year, the year I lost, the year I lost my job, we, we finished fourth again, but Chelsea, as you say, won the, uh, Won the Champions League that year. The worst thing I ever done. I went to that game. Uh, Jamie persuaded me to go with him and Graham Souness uh, with a local guy who had his own plane from Bournemouth, who's a big football fan. We went, so we flew over them two. They were working for Sky, Jamie and Graham, and I was in the Sky box watching the game. And uh, when Chelsea won, they after the game we had to walk round. They kept the Chelsea fans in, so we had to walk past the Chelsea fans. Thousands of them they, in unison, they sung to me um, Thursday night, Channel 5. I got a question. Believe me, I was so low that night, it was scary. Mm. I got a question for you. If you were still at, a, say, a top six club now and you could sign any two Bournemouth players from the current squad. He had an open checkbook. Who would you sign? Uh, Nathan Aki. I think he's a player for... They've got so many good players, Bournemouth. Um, you know, I really do. I love going watching them play. I think he's a really good... The boy Brooks is a good player. Young player. With great potential. I like Callum Wilson, King. They're, you know, they're, they're full of full of good players, I think. So... But I, I would certainly, uh, the keepers are good. They've got a couple of great keepers there, young keepers coming through. But um, at a pinch, oh, listen, I love Callum Wilson as well. He's a player for a top, for a big club as well, if you know, if he wanted to, I'm sure. And, yeah. and 
Maybe, you know, the boy Brooks I love, he's a he's a young emerging player, but if I'm looking for now, maybe maybe I'd take King, Josh King. He's a, mm. I like him as well. Real yeah. good player. Towards so the end of so Wilson. Yeah, towards the end of your well, yeah, obviously there was lots that was, you know, going on off the pitch um towards the end of your Spurs tenure. Um <laughs> and then after that, you had the blow of being almost favourite for the England job to succeed Fabio. And then, you know, Roy Hodgson comes along. Out of, yeah. well, well, I was 10 to uh, 1 on favourite. Roy yeah. Hodgson was 10, 10 to 1 against. <clears throat> so what's it like What's it like mentally to deal with that? No problem. I just got on with it. I didn't, you know, I'm driving home from a Tottenham game. We'd just won the game 3-0 on a Tuesday night or whatever. And it came on the radio that the FA had appointed Roy Hodgson. You know, it was a complete shock, to be honest. And it didn't do me any favours at Tottenham because I, I did come out and say, yeah, I'd love the England job. Mm. And I, I, think that, I think the Tottenham people weren't very happy with me saying that, you know. Mm. So it didn't help my calls here, for sure. Well, uh, how, how, would you describe, how would you describe your style of management and coaching, Harry? What is it that helps you get the best out of players, do you think? Uh, I like I like players to be able to express themselves. I think you know I like to give them confidence. Um, I think we all thrive on confidence and being you know, um, yeah, you know. Also, you've got to lay down guidelines. You've got to know what they can do. And I treat people with they like adults if they if they get on with it and they don't take liberties. I give them enough rope to hang themselves. If at the end of the day they hang themselves, then that's their problem. Mm. But um, okay, I do. I'm not a strict disciplinarian i'm not walking around being miserable and no i let them play i love to encourage good players uh but as i say and i let them have enough rope if they if they overstep the line then get rid of them basically if i can but um no i, I like to treat people as i would like to be treated myself we've had a, a number of play, ex players on this show harry and every single one of them without fail have said how much they love playing for you and uh, how much you let them go out and have a good time as well Occasionally uh, in Portugal or various other countries, but they've all spoke they really. Have a lot of choice with a few of them. I mean, they were they were a wild bunch, you know. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so after after the whole kind of Spurs and England thing, after taking a few months out, you were back at Dean Court, and uh, it was a very different club to the one you left. I mean, you know, not least with the stadium, but. Eddie Mitchell's relationship with the media and some sections of the fan base was very kind of on off. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have said that how key he's been in terms of attracting the investment. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the man? Because it, it seemed to be a, a brief meeting with him that got back you you back to the club in a bit of an advisory role for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't really get that involved. I mean, Eddie had a chat with me and asked if I would get involved with... Uh... I think now I think Paul Groves was an excellent coach. Sean Brooks, I thought they were real good football men, you know. And I thought, and I have to be honest, some of the football I went I only went to a couple of games in. You know, I didn't go in the dressing room. I just went along. I went to Yeovil first game and they won. Played fantastic at Yeovil, and some of the football I thought was amazing. And um, but unfortunately, you know, sometimes you can't get a bit. Everything that can go wrong does go wrong sometimes in life. And they, they'd be winning battering teams, have someone sent off, and then they'd concede a last-minute penalty. It was it was just one, you know. Um, and Eddie, I mean, Eddie Mitchell, as far as I could see, as far as I'm concerned, I think he did an awful lot for the club. He tidied the place up unbelievably, 
he did so much work that he brought Eddie back, which was, you know, a, a, an amazing thing to do, as it proved. So I don't think anyone could ever knock what Eddie Mitchell did for Bournemouth. I really don't. Mm. You know, as I say, the stadium, you know, even the, the, the surrounds, everything was, was upgraded under Eddie Mitchell. You know, he rescued the club, really, I think, when it was in a desperate situation. And I think he deserves more credit than what he gets. Yeah. And what is your take on the club's rise to the Premier League? Did you, oh, did you see it coming? Fantastic. It's been fantastic. Absolutely amazing. And I love every minute of it. I mean, I really do. I just I love, I love going there. I love the football they play. Uh, it's a pleasure to watch the way they play football. Um, they've been unlucky this year with injuries. I don't think they'd be anywhere near the bottom three if they never had the injuries. But no, I love I love watching them. They're, they're great to watch. Eddie's done an amazing job with Jason Tindall. Uh, Richard Hughes is there, who was a great player for me at Portsmouth. Uh, no, I'm delighted to see what they've done. It really has been uh, it's been great, great to watch, great for the town, and uh, you know just to be around to see it was, as I say, I never thought I'd see the day it happened, but to be in the Premier League for the last five years or whatever it is now, and play the football they've played and be you know going to places like Chelsea and beating Chelsea, and they can give anybody a game whoever they play. I think they're mm. amazing, and so many players have come through. It just shows you what there's a load of good players about in the lower leagues. So many of them, you know, I probably miss a few out, but Charlie Daniels, Simon Francis, Cookie, uh, you know, Little Smithy. Um, so many of them have come through the leagues with Bournemouth and proved that they're, you know, Pure, who you, you know, earlier, what a good player he was when he mm. was here, you know? Yeah. So many of them proved they could play in the Premier League. So you want. Um, you know, I've gone on to have uh, have smashing careers playing at the top level. I showed been, him. Almost been journeyman, if you like, around the lower leagues for so many years. Mm, I showed a question briefly on screen just a minute ago from Ben. You said players that express themselves. Do you think you could have managed Alan Groves? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was the best. He was the best. He was my mate and what a player. People didn't know Groves. He, he, was, a, he was a six foot tall left winger with ability like you've never seen. He was so quick, so strong, so skillful. Didn't drink. People say to me, oh, I saw Grosie drunk. Never had a drink in his life. He's drink Coca-Cola. Never had a drink in his life. Just a bundle of fun. Just a lovely, died when I think probably 29 years of age. I mean, he was one of, him and Mickey Cave were best pals. And I was big mates with them too. And they both died very, very young. It's so sad. They were both great characters. Yeah. So we want to talk about, obviously, your sort of media career, which we'll move on to um, ever so shortly. But um, Jamie Williams got in touch and said, do you think AFC Bournemouth have reached a natural ceiling or can Eddie take us further? Having seen the likes of Swansea, Stoke, Burnley and Hull finishing high up with cup finals and now Sheffield United near Europe, can we go much further than where we no, are now, do you think? Yeah, but you're talking, where are them teams now? Where are, Bur who do you say, Swansea? Where's Swansea? Where are Birmingham? Yeah, very true. No, they're never going to be, they're not going to be a top six team. No chance. Hmm. No chance. No. You know, I mean, you have to be true. But the top six, of, you're talking about Man United, Liverpool, Tottenham, they've got 60,000 stadiums. Hmm. Big hmm. money, you know, massive money behind them. You know, if Eddie could, if Eddie had them, had that at his disposal, of course he, he could manage a top six team, no problem. Eddie could manage any top 16. But, you know, um, to take Bournemouth there, no. I mean, 
let's be thankful for what we've got. Every year we see incredible football at Bournemouth, see Premier League. We hold our own with everybody. If we finish out the bottom three again, you know, we'll all be delighted again this year. They've been amazing. The job he's done has been incredible. Mm, good stuff. So, Jeff. Yeah, I was going to say, Harry, you were on the uh, podcast the other day, the Peter Crouch podcast, saying that uh, you'd like to you'd like to own a club. Have you got anyone in mind? No, it'd be have to be a small club. I couldn't afford a big club. I certainly couldn't afford Bournemouth now. <laughs> I should have bought Bournemouth about when it was uh, about ten years ago. They were when they were struggling badly. I remember having a meeting with people, and uh, you could have bought the club for. For next to nothing at that time, you know, but I was involved in football, it wasn't possible. But I asked one or two friends of mine, and they really didn't want to know. But imagine, I mean, what a buy that has turned out to be. Mm. What is it worth now? My god, what an investment that would have been! But yeah. so, no, I'll be looking if I did it, I'll be looking for <laughs> either a national league team or a third or fourth division, you know, a division one or a division two team. That's that would be the limit of my uh financial clout really I wouldn't be able to afford anything bigger than that yeah so, so media wise you seem to be on the TV an awful lot with your own shows whether it's too much a, I know. Yeah, too, too much a, a pundit or various charity events I mean from an outsider looking in it seems like you still involve the buzz of getting involved in lots of different projects do, do you think there'll ever come a day where you think you know what I don't want to do anything you know, like for the next year or so. I, you know, I don't want to do a single thing. Or do you think you've just got a desire to keep doing different things? No, I just say yes to everybody. <laughs> you guys bring me, I don't Including us, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't say, you oh, you've got to give me a bottle of wine or do so. I don't ask for anything. But I do, if people ask me to do something, I do it. You know, but I mean, I think I'm a patron of about 15 different charities. I never say no. I, mm. I don't say, you know, people always say, I mean, you've got to learn to say no, Harry. But no, I don't. If I can do something for someone, everyone's got a job to do. You guys got to, you know, someone rings me up, Harry, can you do this for us? Yeah. People say, oh, you always used to talk to the Sky cameras, you know, on Trankford Deadline Day. Well, them guys have stood outside your training ground at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, they stood there freezing cold, snowing, raining, whatever. They're out there all day and you're driving in. Their job is to get an interview, get, you know, their bosses back there. I can't just drive past them and splash them in the puddle or something. I'll stop and talk to them. Not that I want to or that I need to or it's any different. They'll change my life. But, you know, it's their job and they've got a job to do. If I can help them, that's, that's what I do. Harry, is John Williams still the greatest signing you've ever made in your career? Yeah, I think so. I think so. When I took Willow, he got me. He, he he got us promoted that year. He came in and he was just incredible for me. You know, playing at the back, heading it away, could play. He was just a presence. He was a rock. You know, I think we only. I don't know if he even played on a losing team that when he came. About twenty-eight games or something crazy. We got beat at Gillingham, I think, or somewhere, and he was suspended. But no, Willow was amazing, and I love him. He's a great lad as well. He was an handful. I mean, he, you know, I could tell mm. some stories about Willow and Mozzie and all them boys. Yeah. But uh, Newson, Cookie, good lads. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems it seemed that you like a challenge by taking on John Williams. You also like to challenge when you decided to do I'm a Celebrity. I mean, 
Did you think it was going to be? Because I've seen interviews where you've been thinking, "Well, it's just a like it's just a set, isn't it?" And you go and have your bacon sandwich, and then you go on set for a couple of hours. Is it? Is that true? You actually genuinely that's thought true. that was going to be I've what's like? I've never seen one second of the show, and that's why I've, my son said, "You've got to watch it. Harry. You've got to watch the show." I said, "If I watch it, I probably won't do it." I said, "No, I'm just going to." I said, "Listen, it's only a, it's only it'd be a set." I said, "There'll be a caravan behind. There always is, you know, cut." Have a bacon sandwich, cup of tea. Okay, everybody back on set. I said, it's only... She said, well, I don't think it is. I think it's... For... No. I said, don't be silly. It's not, you know. And it was. She, she was right. It was It was worse than you could ever imagine. I mean, it wasn't... It was It was pretty basic, believe you me. Yeah. When I told my uh, daughter I was speaking to you tonight, she said, what, the man from the jungle? So I think to... <laughs> To a generation of girls under 13, Harry, that's what you are now. I know, they forget I managed about 1,400 games. <laughs> what does it, it feel like having 7.5 million people voting for you? And that, that's just in the final. I never had a clue that, you know, honestly, I swear, I, I'm thinking I'll be out there the first couple of days. I thought the voting started after the first day. I thought you went in there, they said people ring up and vote and someone goes out. I thought, oh, well, that's okay. I'll go in there. I could be out after a day or two. We start at the Versace Hotel, they said. I thought, oh, that'd be nice. So we have a holiday, go around Australia, travel a bit. You have to stay until the last one comes out. But I thought, oh, we'll have three weeks in a hotel and do a bit of touring around Australia. But that was my plan. But I'm still in there. And then when we come out, I came out, got out five or six, five o'clock that night, time I got out all day getting doing interviews. Got back to the hotel. Next morning, it's 8 o'clock. They're throwing you out the hotel. You've got to be out and get a plane back home. Mm. So I didn't get any chance to see the hotel or see uh, anything really of Australia. That's absolutely bizarre. So obviously, you've done a lot of TV. We're going to move on to the stuff you're talking about, um, you're doing at the moment on TV, because we are nearing the end, Harry. You'll be pleased to know. No um, but, but recently, I mean, you've probably saved... Bournemouth, Paul and Christchurch Council, a hell of a lot of money in their marketing budget with the Sandbanks documentary. How do you feel that went? Because that portrayed, in my eyes, that portrayed the era, the whole area so well. Oh, yeah. No, I, I thought it went great. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it if... Uh, I didn't want to show where it came over, like, well, oh, yeah. Well, I know I went out on a big boat. But I said, I don't own it. Someone lent it to us for the day. You know, someone lets mm, have a yeah. boat. Um, but look, they did a show about 10 years ago where everybody's driving about in open top sports cars and you know oh we've got this we've got i said i don't want to it's not my style i'm not i don't want to be involved in that you know mm. if it's a down to work bit of fun we had razor rudder you know came yeah in, you know we had it was a bit of fun we had a laugh and it was great and i think it was it was good for the you know show freds i mean you know fred who owns it's a great guy i mean what good great advertising he got for his not that he needs yeah. it it's a busy fishing ship shop i've ever seen yeah. Rick Stein's over the road, the little calf next door. It was good for everybody, you know. It showed the area and people, the people that I speak, Harry would never been down there. It looks fantastic. We're coming down in the summer. And then suddenly we have this, you know, the virus hits us. And uh, otherwise, I think we'd have been completely overrun this year on the back of that program. Mm. And Harry, Jamie's also doing well with his Sky One show, which you've been contributing to. He's had some great players on there as well, Troy Deeney. In fact, some some great talent as well with uh, Jack Whitehall as well. And James Madison, you mentioned you were speaking yeah. to earlier. Um, 
are there any stories that you've heard that have, have taken you completely by surprise and thought, you know what, that's that's funnier than any I've got in my locker? Um, oh, I don't know. Who have we had on? No, I mean, it's been, they've been, uh, I mean, Jack White, we've only got to listen to him, you laugh, he's brilliant, and he, uh, Ramesh, Ramesh. Yeah. Mash, what his name is, he's, he's yeah, brilliant. Mash. I love listening to him. You know, he's yeah. just so clever. You know, but no, it's just been a bit of fun, and I've been, I'm sort of just there. Jamie hosts it. Me and Tom Davis are there. Uh, today we had Niall or Oran, one direction. Great lad, fantastic boy. Would you mind telling me? Yeah. Would you mind Harry telling me the, your Darren Bent story because that one was one that always made me laugh. What when I said it? What when I said my missus would have scored it, or when I went to, yeah. Well, Benty, I mean, no, we played Portsmouth at home like, uh, when I first went to Tottenham, and uh, in the last minute of the game, Darren Bent, the ball came over. Benty had an open goal; he only had to head it in the goal. The goalkeeper was out of position; it, it was impossible to miss it, really, and he missed it. You know, and I got interviewed after the game. And like I do, they said, Harry, you know, you should have won the game the last minute. Darren Bent had a great chance. And I said, yeah, my missus would have scored that. You know, I mean, but I'm only saying what three million other blokes sitting there on a Monday <laughs> night watching the match on telly, gone, bleed nil, darling, you'd have scored that. I mean, it was, you know, but Bentley got the ump over it. And uh, But the funny thing was, I uh, I ended up going to, uh, to Derby for a little spell and I walked my... Mel Morris, who who owns Derby, he's got a house about 200 yards from me. And he said, Harry, would you come for the last two months of the season? I've just given the job to a young manager, Darren Wassell, as a, t- as a caretaker. Would you come in and just be around him, cut the days a week? And just, I said, yeah, sure, OK, great. So I drive up to Derby. I'm walking out on the pitch, watch training first down there. I've got a big coat and it's cold. I'm with Kevin Phillips. And I'm walking. I said, how you been going, Kev? What's been the problem? You've been struggling a bit. He said, yeah. He said, we can't score goals. You know, he said, uh, Darren Bent's not scoring. I said, Darren Bent? I forgot he was there because he hated me. <laughs> he, went, he went to the chairman and his agent rung up the chairman and slagged me off. And I let him go about a month later. You know, we fell out big time. And he said, yeah, Darren Bent's not scoring. I went, oh, my God, no. Not Darren Benson. I forgot he was here. Right. I walked out on the training pitch. I swear I'm not stood there a minute. And the ball came over. Benton was 25 yards out at an angle and he's hit his volley. I've never seen a shot like it. It went right in the top corner like a rocket. I shouted out, oh, hey, Benty. I said, my old woman couldn't have scored that one. Well, superb. Well, we're nearing the end. We've had a, a couple of questions that we just uh, like you to uh, answer, if possible. One of them um, from a certain Mr. Mark Pugh, Harry, who's asked whether you've dabbled in any cooking during lockdown at all. Who's it from? From Mark Pugh. Mark Pugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Mark Pugh. Yeah. What a good player. What a good player. Yeah. What a good player he is. Yeah. I love watching him play. I used to. He was real quality. He checked, make out the cross, it checked back. I thought he was, again, been around, you know, suddenly planning the Premier League and giving mm. Premier League defences all kinds of problems. Mm. Fantastic player. 
So, Harry, he did ask a question that you've well avoided there about whether you've dabbled in any cooking during the lockdown. No, I've got, no, I've got to be honest, I couldn't cook an egg. I, I, I did a bit of toast the other day. But, yeah. um, it got stuck in the toaster and the toaster nearly caught on fire. I, I, I cut it too thick and I, it wouldn't pop up and it started to burn. So, smoke. So, Sandra's not, well, I did it on purpose, really. She won't let me back in the kitchen now. <laughs> I got out of that one. It sounds like she's in agreement in the background. And Jeff, AFCB Rob asked a question as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. What makes Sandra's jam roly-poly so special? And does he have it with custard or cream? Oh, no, I like custard. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's suet pudding. It's, you have to make it. Sandra, what is your recipe? Suet. Suet. <laughs> <laughs> suet and flour. And jam. Jam. And whatever. We'll get, yeah, love we'll, we'll get the recipe to Pewie and he'll put it in his book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, no, I, I love him. I love Pewie as a player. <laughs> I thought he was smashing, really smashing player. Super. Really well, enjoyed watching him when he was here. Simon mm. Francis, what a leader he is. What a great pro. Cooking. Mm. Amazing characters, you know? It's funny because we had... Great lads. Real, real top, top players who could play at the show they could play at the top level. Different class lads and good players, you know. We had Matt Ritchie on last week and he was um, asked to name his his best 11 players that he's named with. And bearing in mind, he's played for Scotland where he's got people like Robertson left back. And, he, you know, he's played for, um, you know, Newcastle United as well. And he, he said, yeah, you know, Frano would be in there. Charlie Daniels would be in there. Um, Harry Arter would be in there. And I think you're right. You know, we have got a number of top pros. And then you're looking up front, Callum Wilson and Josh King. Bournemouth are too good to go down, surely. Well, you can never say that. I mean, I think I've seen that before with teams, but I can't see them get... I don't think they'd have been in this situation if it hadn't been for the injuries. Mm. And I think they're good enough to, you know... I don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to play behind closed doors? They certainly can't relegate anybody unless they finish play the games. But playing behind closed doors, you know, you watch games, it's just a completely different game. But no, I wouldn't see them going down, you know. But um, they've just oh, they've just been so amazing over the last few years that mm. they don't deserve to go down. That's for sure. It would be a, for me, it would be a, it would be a crime if they went down. They, they, yeah. The football they play certainly they shouldn't be where they are. But uh, mm. it's been a miracle, really, what Eddie's done. Uh, nothing short, and the players, nothing short of a miracle. It's been amazing. Good stuff. Well, Harry, I've got to say, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's been a blast. It's been amazing. And uh, Pleasure, yeah, thank, thank you so yeah. much. Uh, Jeff, do you want to say any words? Well, Harry, I, I think you, it's fantastic stories. Loved having you on. Uh, we'd love to get you back again at some point in the future when you're perhaps a bit less busy. So, uh, you know, let's uh, let's keep that dialogue going and we'll we'll get you back at some point in the future if you're up for that. I'm trying to win the lottery and I can buy the club off a of max. That's the, that's the move. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Neil Dawson as well. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I think it's just been fantastic listening to Harry. I mean, I was thinking earlier on, we've had three great eras since the 50s and Harry's been a player in one of them. He's managed the other one and he's been a fan in the last one. And he's just a major oh, part a of our fan, club. Yeah. Yeah. Love watching him. It's great, great to have him on. Yeah. Well done, thank you. Wow, what a man, what a legend, <laughs> what a performer that was Harry Redknapp. If you want to watch it, do it. It's youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. Also on our Facebook page as well. Just search Back of the Net Bournemouth. 
This show has been brought to you by Living Home Tech. Spending more time at home makes you realise just how much we all need reliable technology for entertainment, video conferencing, gaming and more. Living Home Tech are professionals in the design and installation of cinemas, networks, lighting, security systems and much more for your home. They'll work every time and look, feel and sound great too. You can experience Living Home Tech at livinghometech.co.uk. So, who's up next? Hold that thought. So we're nearly there for another podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And if you want to give us a review, we would be humbled if you can go to your podcast app and do so. Uh, on YouTube, we want to reach 1,500 subscribers by the start of the season. It's probably not going to happen, but if we do, we would be delighted. Um, so go on to YouTube and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. So up next, there's an interview with the goal scorers from one of AFC Bournemouth's most memorable FA Cup upsets, Milton Graham and Ian Thompson. Stories include falling through the window of an off-licence in Jersey. Who was that? Ending up in a police cell, racism in the 80s, the Man United match build-up and reaction, plus playing under the aforementioned Harry Redknapp. You cannot miss this one because there are some amazing stories to be heard. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again very soon in the Lockdown Interviews. Greenwood, the West Ham United manager, there he is on the right, sitting there, never shows his emotion, but he must be thinking all sorts of things at the moment, having seen his side give away a two-goal lead. Hurst, to Podcast Network.